You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's 0-1 to Soto. He saw a fastball and look at it go. See you later. Final Acuna leads off. Oh, Baez brings it. And a high fly ball into left center field. Back at the wall. It is gone. Brandon Lau has put the Rays on top. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. New season starts tomorrow, April 1st. It begins with the Blue Jays and the Yankees, 105 Eastern time. And then I'll be up all night, Horvat. I'll stay up for those West Coast games. You better believe it. How about the White Sox and Angels? I'm high on the Angels this year. Everybody's high on the White Sox to uh, to be a contender, not only win the American League Central. We'll have Giolito against Bundy late at night. That's like a 10.05 Eastern first pitch. It's going to be fantastic. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. This is BetQL Daily. Thanks for joining us today. A lot of baseball conversation uh, coming up. Let's start off with uh, checking in with Sean Zarillo at Sean Zarillo on Twitter. MLB betting analyst for the Action Network. Sean, how you feeling the day before? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Joe. As always, Ryan, nice to meet you. You know, you guys had some... Uh some home run calls on the lead in on the commercial break. And I actually got chills up my back. Like <laughs> I miss crowd noise. I miss, I miss the the sound of a team hitting back-to-back home runs and the cloud, the crowd just absolutely losing their minds. So excited to have some baseball and excited to get some fans back in the stands later this year. Okay. So a little over a year ago, as we were getting set for the 2020 season, we had no idea what was going to ensue. Uh, we were talking about the futures and yourself and Colin Wilson, you got down on a couple of teams in the winter that ended up being very public. You, you had a lot of great CLV, but uh, nothing happened in the end with the White Sox and Reds. You didn't know that those were going to be the two public teams. Uh, we're hearing that the Mets and the Blue Jays are two very public teams this year. Uh, were there any teams that you got down in early in the offseason, uh, whether the number moved or not, just teams that you're still backing? No, the the only future World Series that I really backed early, uh, you know, before anything else was right after the Arenado trade. I got some Cardinals money down at 30 to one and I've kind of backed off that team completely uh, at this mm-hmm. point. Um, really, my futures at this point are the Astros, the Mets, and the Brewers. I know you mentioned the Mets are a public team. There's still a 12 to one and an 18 to one out there at the Westgate. Uh, I think those are still actionable numbers. They're pretty much 10 to one across the market at this point. Astros, you can get 30 to one at WinBet. That is a tremendous number because they're pretty much 22 to one everywhere. I think they're 25 to one at one book. So 
I like those teams a lot, but I, I put on Twitter the other day, the Brewers, you can hit it 75 to one at win bet, which is absurd. You can get them at 50 to one at a lot of books, but 70 to one, 75 to one is outrageous. Uh, it's implying they have a 1.3% chance to win the world series. Their chances are probably closer to three and a half or 4%. So their odds should be half of what they are, but man, those three teams, uh, world series market, divisional market. I think there's value on all three of them. So. Sean, thank you so much for bringing up the Brewers because uh, I was going to throw that pick out. I've also thrown out a couple Cy Young candidates that are in Milwaukee, uh, Corbin Burns, but also Brandon Woodruff. That was my favorite play. Uh, Joe gave me a hard time because I live in Milwaukee, called it a homer pick. What are your thoughts? Like, is, if, you, if you look at, obviously, the futures, you know, you bring up that those are your only uh, World Series plays. What about for Cy Young, MVP? And uh, would you agree with me that Brandon Woodruff will be the uh, Cy Young in the National League? Well, I think DeGrom is going to be the Cy Young, but if I am taking a long shot, and I did, Woodruff is absolutely on that list. He's probably my favorite, uh, along with Kenta Maeda at 25-1. to I think both of those guys in either league are absolutely worth betting. You need to hit certain criteria in order to be in contention for a Cy Young, and Woodruff is firmly within that group. He's been a top-ten pitcher of baseball for the past two years and hasn't really gotten much recognition for it. Arguably the most underrated pitcher in the game right now, and I, I think people are going to start to take notice of it this year. You know, when I'm backing Cy Young candidates, I like to look for teams who have good team defense and can help boost their ratios a little bit beyond what the projections are saying that they might be. So with the Brewers' defensive improvements, with Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr. up the middle, with the defense that the Twins have, we're going to see both those pitchers square off tomorrow. I actually like the under in that game, too. Uh, Yeah, I I absolutely 100% agree with you on Woodruff. My only concern with Burns, and this really applies to any pitcher who has had arm injuries in the past, I just don't know how many innings they're going to pitch. I don't know how many innings Scherzer is going to get through this year coming off of arm injuries. Same thing with Strasburg for the Nationals. So if you want to have a negative outlook on the Nats, I think that's the reason to just keeping Burns healthy over the course of a full season is going to be the biggest issue. He obviously has the arm talent to do it. And we saw what he could do last year over the shortened span. So if he can extend that over 30 starts, he's going to be within the conversation. And it's just a matter of him getting there. With Sean Zarillo from the Action Network, this is BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. So you mentioned you're backing off the Cardinals a little bit, uh, even though you're already invested there. Talked about the Mets. We all know why people are high on the Mets, and you went over the Brewers there. But I don't want to skip over your play of the Astros, if you can find a nice number uh, close to 30. Um, sell me a little bit on your Astros play. It, it, and I, I want to follow up there, Sean, because – I frankly have talked about the Astros a bunch this offseason. I'm kind of targeting that American League West because it appears that the Athletics are going to take a step back with everyone they've lost. So I, I'm keeping a close eye on uh, the Astros and the Angels. Yeah, so it really just kind of depends what projection system you're willing to use. And I would say all of them have value on the Astros. It's just a matter of how much Um, my world series projection right now on them is 8.4%. So I think they should be closer to 11 and one than they are to 25 to one, 22 to one. Like I said, there's a 30 to one out there. So I think there's value on that team all the way down to 15 to one. So you just look at the path that they have to get to a world series. If they win their division, I'm not particularly scared off by anybody in the AL. I think the three best teams in baseball might all be in the national league. So Listen, the Yankees are obviously formidable, and if they're there at the end, it's going to be a close series, but I think at that point. And, Sean, I'm, I guess, buying into the Angels, um, you know, which we do every year because we want to see Mike Trout in the postseason, but I wanted to get your opinion uh, on the MVP race 
uh, particularly in the American League. Uh, you know, what kind of things when you're picking or when you're going to play a future for MVP, you know, what are you looking at there? Because obviously, like when we talk about the NBA uh, with LeBron James, it's we're looking at the teams that are going to be the top seeds, you know, as far as uh, who are the best teams, best player on the best teams usually win MVP. But for a guy like Mike Trout, he's won two MVPs. 2016, 2019, his team, his team didn't even make the postseason. So what kind of factors uh, play into your your futures for MVP and uh, any picks that you like there? Oh, did we lose Sean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is I wasn't why I'm so long-winded on that question. I didn't know if we had him or not, and I didn't know if I was off the air. So uh, Okay. I, I thought I was the one having some issues here because the kids are on spring break, and I'm like, turn off the iPads, turn off the TVs, like just – Jesus, it, it it sounds like it's terrible, but maybe it's not 100% on my end. Uh, Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvath, this is BetQL Daily. We'll see if we can reestablish with uh, with Sean Zarello. We talked about liking DeGrom. He doesn't hate your Woodruff pick. Uh, I, I, quick question on Woodruff, and you're not the only one. I've heard people to, uh, nationally talk about Burns, too. Yeah. Are they going to go deep enough in games, though? That's right. my big hesitation there because you've got to rack up the strikeout numbers and you do your, your manager has to has to let you go really deep in these games hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line yeah no great point joe and especially the way that craig council likes to use his bullpen you have devin right. williams you have josh Hader. then you got guys that are going to be like spot starters that are going to give you a lot out of the bullpen just the way that council likes to use the bullpen and i know that they've changed the rules a little bit but that is the biggest concern uh, Sean Zarillo back with us from the Action Network. Uh, sorry, Sean, you cut off there in the middle of your comment. Yeah, no, so probably not a good sign that my phone dropped right as uh, <laughs> I was talking about the Astros, which is the team that I'm most heavily invested uh-huh. in. <laughs> not the best sign. Um, so, you know, it, it really just comes down to the fact that Framber Valdez isn't going to be out as long as initially suspected. Uh, I had looked through injury histories of guys breaking fingers on their pitching hand to see how long they're out. And it's usually about 55 to 60 days. Uh, so I'd expect to have him back by June, mid June, uh, latest probably. And that prognosis is pretty solid. Verlander should be back at the end of the season. I've been telling people privately that I think he's going to be their closer at the end of the year, which just wow. makes me absolutely giddy. The idea of Justin Verlander coming out of the bullpen in the playoffs. It's pretty <laughs> exciting, but Listen, the, the projection range on the Astros to win their division is between 55 to 82%, depending on what projection system you use, whether it's Coda, whether it's ATC projections, Fangraphs projections. So you could still bet them at plus 130 to win the ALS, and that's a pretty substantial edge relative to the median of that range, which is about 70%. So I think there's value on the Astros in the divisional market. I think there's value on the Astros in the World Series market. I didn't play their win total over just because it's going to be hard for them to win 88 games and not win the AL West. That seems like a relatively low percentage outcome. I do have some action on the A's under. I do have some action on the Angels under. So, again, I'm already kind of leveraged against those teams. And in theory, that also correlates to the Astros over as well. So I have multiple positions on those AL West teams. I think we feel kind of similarly about them. I see a lot of people putting money down on Otani to win the MVP. 
Yeah. Listen, I don't know if that guy's going to pitch more than 100 innings with what he's doing. He's looked better of late, but the velocity is still kind of up if, and down. So. so don't mean to cut Go you ahead. off, Sean, but but like I, I'm kind of high on on the Angels here. I think they're going to have a good season. But if they are good, is is there any way that they're going to give the MVP it, over to him over Trout and or Rendon or or Rendon, I should say? Exactly. Like they would, in theory, they would need to make the playoffs, and Trout either gets injured for a period of time or just doesn't perform up to expectations. And then Otani is going to have to be the driving force for that. So what, what percentage yeah. chance do you assign the angels making the playoffs and Otani being their best player? That's, that's gotta be like 2%, right? Yeah. I can't imagine him being worth more than an MVP bet at like 50 to one. I think people are laying it at 20 to one, 30 to one. It's just, it's not something I'd ever be interested in doing. He'd be such a different MVP case than MVP voters have ever considered before. You'd have to combine his pitching more and his hitting more. So, listen, if he was in, a, if he was still a rookie, and we were talking about a rookie of the year discussion, I'd absolutely consider him because voters have no problem giving the rookie of the year to a DH like Jordan Alvarez. They they just consider rookie of the year voting way different. Or a reliever like Devin Williams, they they just consider rookie of the year voting way differently than you do MVP voting. If you want to be an MVP at this point, you have to finish in the top three and wins above replacement in your league and. It's hard to get Otani up there. Absolutely. That OPS really important as well. And I'm you guys bring that up, and I'm really high on the Angels as well. So um, what are your favorite futures as far as individual awards? And like sticking with the MVP, you know, you bring up Trout and Otani. How important is making the postseason? Because I believe like since the year 2000, there have been eight or nine guys that have won MVP, including Mike Trout twice, that haven't even made the postseason. So, you know, what is uh, your level of importance as far as, uh, factors that go into your MVP futures and uh, who do you like this season? Yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. Nine of the 42 MVP winners since 2000 have failed to make the postseason. Now three of those were Bonds and A-Rod, Bonds 2001, 2004. Uh, but Trout's done it twice. Giancarlo Stanton did it in 2017 with the Marlins. Harper did it in 2015. It's become more frequent. I don't think voters are as reliant upon recognizing that a team has to make it in order for a player to prove their worth, they're just going off of who the best players are in the league. So for my money, uh, Juan Soto is the best hitter in baseball. Uh, four mm -hmm. of the six projection systems I rely upon already say he's a better hitter than Mike Trout. If you look at the historical comps, if you listen to scouts, if you listen to managers, the comp on him is Ted Williams. And there's numbers to back that up. There's data to back that up. And there's projection systems that are projecting guys blind and spitting out player comps. And Zips, the top comp was Ted Williams. So I think Juan Soto is historically great. His combination of power and plate discipline is almost unmatched. If he hadn't put on, been put on a COVID pause to start last year and missed 13 games, I think he would have won the award because he would have caught off to Freeman in terms of counting stats. And his WRC plus was 200. So he was 100% better than an average hitter in baseball, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so I think Soto's almost on another level in terms of where he is relative to his peers. I think Acuna is certainly within range to get there. There's other guys in the National League, obviously, who can contend for the award if Pete Alonzo leads the NL in home runs, for example. Actually, I think Alonzo is a better bet than a guy like Francisco Lindor. 